back. This is Why Would No One Date These Guys, a podcast exploring dating, sex, and relationships. I'm Naomi Guy, and... I'm Joel Guy. And today, we are going to be trying a new type of root beer. Joel, would you like to explore what root beer we have? We need to work on our intro so that it's clear we do dating relationships, but also we review drinks. Because yeah. I think that's, again, deeply confusing for people if you, like, recommend the podcast to them and then they log on and, hi, we're a Dating Relationships podcast. And here's Margarita Flavored Mountain Dew or something. Ah, oh, that'd be good. Yeah. Okay, so this is Zia Root Beer. We tried this brand, I think, last time we recorded. It's a New Mexico brand. It has yucca, licorice, and vanilla in it. It my smells pic- pretty good. My, my cup looks extremely picturesque. Yeah, it's a good-looking root beer. Let's see if it stands up, though. It has a good smell, and it tastes like root beer. Uh, it could use a little more herbal essence to me. It's definitely not as medicinal as a lot of root beers that I enjoy. No, I smell it that, though. I, I, there's, a lot, there's a lot of good vanilla. I don't know where the yucca is coming from. I thought yucca was like a starch, so I'm confused why you would put the equivalent of potatoes in your root beer. I have no idea. Yeah, it's deeply confusing, but I would recommend it. Maybe it just it. sits at the bottom just so they can say that yucca's in Look, it. Look, of the three Zia drinks we've had, this is the one I would endorse the most wholeheartedly. Yeah, I wouldn't endorse any of them, I'm going to be honest. Yeah. So speaking of things that we don't endorse, to be completely honest. We are three <laughs> weeks post-row. <laughs> woo! Not woo. So um, we're here to give some advice some some basic, you know, things that you can do to help protect yourself. Now that um, women's reproductive rights are no longer guaranteed. At least are, in the United States. Other countries mm, seem to have figured it out. We are not endorsing at-home abortions in any way. We'd like you to keep as safe as possible. Um, but you need to understand that, like, we're all in a mourning phase. So take your time. Be nice to yourself. Um, we'll have some episodes on coping skills. We've done episodes on coping skills. Listen to our episode literally called coping skills. Okay. So we have episodes on (laughs) coping skills. Um, it's too early. I'm still eating my breakfast. Maybe I should take over. So we wanted to do an episode exploring how the dating landscape is going to change post row. And obviously there's a lot of elements of society that are going to change now that women's reproductive rights are not guaranteed. But this podcast was originally started to discuss dating and relationships and women no longer having complete control over their reproductive rights is definitely going to change some stuff, especially because the decision itself isn't going to be the only thing impacting reproductive rights. Like the Supreme Court made the decision and then a bunch of states are now reconsidering whether their abortion laws aren't stringent enough. So already they're cracking down, and already abortion is illegal in a bunch of U.S. states, but it could be even worse. So we're trying to forecast some trends. Um, We're trying to figure out how this is going to impact the dating landscape, and we also want to give people some tools for dealing with the mental stresses of the new world and potentially some options for trying to address this in your state or on a national level. Does that seem fair? That seems completely fair. I would also like to, at the end of our little chat about how um, post-Roe is going to change dating life, I would like to give out some suggestions that you may have already heard or maybe some new suggestions. Um, Talk about some groups that, um, if you want to get involved, are really great at helping and organizing. 
and then um, talk about like local elections as well as some protesting if you're allegedly wanting to go. I'm gonna let you handle all of that. Great. Naomi, do you wanna do you wanna start? Start with the yeah. We could start with suggestions. Um, so suggestions moving forward that I've heard. Um, stockpile some plan B, not only for yourself, but also for others. Not everyone has access to spending like $10 on every plan B. So, um, I wouldn't stockpile it in a way that other people don't have access to it, but, um, I would stockpile it in a way that you can, um, give it to people in emergencies, um, or, um, even use it yourself. We recognize that plan B is not the cheapest, yeah. We, this is not a piece of advice that will apply to everybody. However, if you are financially fortunate enough to be able to afford it, uh, definitely this is the time to stock up before states make it illegal to deal over the counter. The reason why I said $10 is because that is the cheapest off-brand plan B that you can um, attain on Amazon. I'd be careful for these summer months to ship them just because um, medication is affected a lot by temperature. And if you live in a state like us where the temperature is crazy high, um, I wouldn't recommend shipping that at this point in time. Uh, maybe go to your local drugstore or get someone in a different state to stockpile for you. The next thing I would say is go and get a bunch of condoms. I would say that get some good ones that, you know, you enjoy using, but also beware that they do expire in two years. So there should be a date on the package, but beware that condoms do expire. One thing that's important for a lot of places, but in particular Arizona, is you should not store condoms in a warm place. Yes, the like your car. breaks down faster. Don't store them in your wallet Actually, either. don't store them in your wallet or car in any state. Just just don't do it. Uh, I think Alaska might be able to get away with it. I, look, I, we're not endorsing <laughs> that view. Yeah, as a general rule, keep condoms inside like an air-conditioned house in a dark, cool place, similar to where you might store a lot of perishable goods. Keep them in your freezer. Yeah, condoms <laughs> are great tools. Uh, however, they have certain limitations. So, you know, they're, they're very good at preventing pregnancies. Uh, why don't you not remove any of the protection they might afford? Very true. Uh, next thing is stockpiling birth control. So reach out to your doctor and see how many prescriptions you can get at once. I did this recently, and I don't know if this is the same in every state, but I reached out to my doctor and I asked her if I could stockpile some birth control. And she said that legally, and I'm speaking just for Arizona, that she can only give them out prescriptions out for a year at a time. So beware of that and maybe look into that before reaching out to your doctor. That's kind of messed up. That's like cutting you off at the bar. It's like, buddy, yeah. I think you've had enough. And it's like, dude, it's my reproductive rights. I'll tell you when exactly. I've had enough. But it's also like, I don't think you can OD on birth control. Don't quote me on that, but I don't think you can. Od- it's just hormones. Like, I don't know. Yeah, can you OD on birth control? I'm sure it has some effect. Oh, my God. It, it, it is possible to overdose on birth control. Kill. I don't know what I that guess means. A lot of anything can kill you. Yeah, there, okay, it says if you accidentally take more than one, there's no need to be concerned or seek medical attention. Just keep taking your pill at the same time every day without skipping a dose. You'll finish the pack one day earlier, but you'll still be protected against pregnancy. You in- intentionally took more than one. High levels of hormones can have side effects over time. You likely won't experience any lingering harm after one very large dose. Even if you took an entire pack, evidence suggests you probably won't experience severe immediate side effects. 
A 2016 study, for example, considered 54 teenagers and young adults admitted to hospitals in Sri Lanka after intentional overdose of pills from several pills in more than one pack. Most of them left the hospital within just a day, and none became seriously ill. The most common side effects included nausea, vomiting, and severe head pain. Um, however, oh, so just a typical day. Yeah, so <laughs> there's really no reason to take all of those at once, even if you did, like, honestly, alcohol has worse effects, it seems. Again, don't quote me, I'm not a medical professional. Uh, I wouldn't be too concerned. And hey, you know, if you're working in a state and you're trying to change their laws, maybe consider pushing for legislation that decriminalizes possession of more than a year's supply of birth control at a time. Next up, we talked about pregnancy tests. Stockpile those as well, just to give out to friends or people that you know, just in general. They're pretty cheap on different websites. Keep in mind, so there's two basic types of pregnancy tests. There's the standard one that's in like a plastic sleeve that you pee on, and then it changes colors. And then there's another type, which is significantly cheaper, that's basically just treated paper strips that are testing for the exact same chemical as the plastic ones. Which I have heard are the strips are a lot more accurate than the ones that come in plastic. I have not heard that. Um, but if you can afford stocking up on a bunch of pregnancy tests and pregnancy tests generally, even in the plastic ones are pretty cheap. Those paper ones are very, very cheap. They're a quarter of the price, a sixth of the price of the plastic ones. The only extra step is you basically have to pee into a small cup and dip the strip in, which is a little grosser than like just peeing on it. Um, but again, it's the exact same thing. It's testing for the same chemical. It may be more accurate. I can't speak to that. Um, and, and so there's definitely options where you can, on a consistent basis, be just double, triple, quadruple checking to make sure you're not pregnant. Because remember, even if you're using condoms, even if you're on uh, birth control of some kind, there's still a minuscule chance you can be pregnant. And that's not something a lot of people want to be at this point in time. Yeah. And when you find out you're pregnant and you go, that's basically four weeks at that point when you find out you're pregnant. That's what doctors say. So even if you're before four weeks, they automatically round up to four weeks, that you are four weeks pregnant at that point because it's been time since your last period. So there are some cheap options. I, for instance, went on Amazon and got some because um, I have access to Prime um, and it was coming quickly. So I did that. I think I bought like 50 and handed them out to some people that I know. Joel, do you want to introduce where you got yours? I don't really want to go into details, but I have been tabling with some local groups that are trying to work on reproductive justice in the state. Uh, We were working on that ballot measure that was trying to put on the 2022 ballot a measure to uh, effectively guarantee the right to abortions to Arizona citizens. Uh, Unfortunately, we needed about 350,000 signatures, and in six weeks, we were only able to gather 175,000, which is good, but ultimately fell significantly short of what we needed. And Arizona has some really stupid laws regarding, like, ballot propositions, where if someone, like, signs outside the line, they can disqualify the signature, or if someone is from a different county, signs on the same page as someone from another county, you can throw out the entire sheet of paper. So... Uh, you typically need significantly more. I think some people are estimating 450,000 would be needed to avoid being thrown out just because they were going to challenge so many of the signatures. But anyways, I bought a bunch of pregnancy tests online at a site called pregmate.com. Pregmate sells both the paper strips and the more traditional plastic strips. 10 tests at Pregmate for the plastic ones are $12.95. 30 tests are $26.95. 
And then if you're going with the paper ones, and these all come with free delivery. So like, it's very, very cheap. You can get 100 paper tests for only $20.95 with free shipping. Like that's really, really good. Maybe, you know, find a friend or something, go halfsies, get as many as you want. You can do one of those scenes where someone's just like, flipping dollar bills onto your body, but it's just pregnancy tests instead. That's definitely going to be a music video at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so options are available. Definitely look around. Uh, I think a lot of women are doing a good job of spreading the word about cheap options for plan B, condoms, birth control, pregnancy tests. Uh, Definitely take a look at what's available out there. So we also have Dollar Tree is a good option to get pregnancy tests, but they sell basically the same thing, the strips in a box, and they're a dollar each. So there's a significant price difference between the sources that where you can get them in bulk versus the sources where you can just get them one at a time. So um, just like we're giving you all the options where you can get them, but there obviously is a price difference. So the last suggestion that we have, well, we have two more, but the last like suggestion for um, resources is to make a friend in a safe state and be able to send, have them send you like abortion pills if needed. I don't know the legality on this. I have heard this um, as an idea many times, Um, but make a friend in a state where abortion is still legal and accessible and have them get sent abortion pills from a plan C site and then have them send them to you. Um, That's a way that you can get around it, at least at this point in time. This is early July of 2022, so just be aware that that might not always be accessible as a resource. And then... Yeah, so I want to bring something up. I've seen a lot of women pushing this idea of being shipped pills from other states and trusting random abortion funds online. I'll say two things about that. The first thing is I've met a lot of women who are deeply passionate about providing a safe health care to as many people as they can. And there's definitely good actors who are working within these spaces to make birth control as accessible to as many people as possible. That said... I can totally understand that a lot of people are skeptical about getting weird pills from out-of-state sources. And I think it's a legitimate concern that you don't actually know who's sending you this. Uh, There could certainly be bad actors who are either shipping you uh, for a fee, you know, pills that are effectively placebos or potentially poisonous, um, or there could be individuals who are shipping you things for free that are, in fact, poison because they think that you trying to abort is evil and they want to punish you for You're it. You're demonic. I, I'm not saying that this is a thing right now. I haven't heard any stories, but I think as it becomes more common knowledge that these funds exist, similar to crisis pregnancy centers, yeah. you're going to be seeing a lot more people. And I think probably the cruelest thing groups could do, similar to crisis pregnancy centers, would be just be sending placebo pills to people in the mail, like just effectively sugar pills rather than what they actually needed. Yeah. And that's deeply messed up on so many levels. And unfortunately, you can't really verify your sourcing right now. So ultimately, I think it is very important that people fight for a world in which birth control is accessible from regulated sources, regardless of where you live, regardless of whether or not you exist within a specific geographical entity. Um, And just be cautious, be skeptical of any groups you're interacting with online. Always be cautious and skeptical of groups that you're 
talking to online. So um, I am kind of out of the loop when it comes to local groups um, or just national groups that are helping out with this um, situation. I kind of just um, go with the the flow and I allegedly go to Minecraft protests. I, wait, I go to Minecraft protests. <laughs> I go to protests in Minecraft. Is that a way of saying it? I think that's a way of yeah. saying that. So Joel... Take over. Talk about some groups that are helping um, this situation um, that you believe in. So I should say right now, Naomi doesn't vote. I don't think she's ever voted. She's I've, always like, voting's for losers. I've never said that in my life. I think I voted in every single election. But she does throw darts at a dartboard covered in pictures of politicians. I do term. do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, Naomi is, is passionate about these issues. Uh, the reality is there's actually a shocking number of groups that are working for reproductive rights. And I think a lot of groups that aren't even directly related to reproductive rights are taking this as an opportunity to both like uplift women while also pushing their other goals. Climate when, change, yeah. social justice. Human rights, human rights, immigration, justice, yes. things like that. So a lot of people are familiar with, I think it's how Socrates discusses like the art of public speaking. You know, you need to use sympathy. You need to use pers- uh, persuasive Joel, I don't arguments. think the average person. Ethos, pathos, logos. I don't think many people, the average person is on top of their You're Socrates. right. We went to a liberal arts yeah. school. But the thing a lot of people forget is there's also a fourth element of public speaking, which is kairos. And that's taking advantage of the moment in time in order to be persuasive. And so if you want to have a conversation about gun control, often it's much easier to have that conversation after there's just been a giant mass shooting. Right. If you want to have a conversation about women's reproductive rights in the United States, it's much harder to have that conversation before women's reproductive rights are threatened. And so now is a really good opportunity for people who wanted to discuss these issues for a while to finally have an opportunity to say something and get people to listen. So there's a lot of groups like anarchist groups that are working in Arizona at the moment. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on what their objectives are besides the dissolution of the state. They, <laughs> they tend to be pretty nice people. I think they're supportive of women's reproductive rights because they don't think it's anybody's business and that the government shouldn't have a role in it. Uh, their help is, of course, deeply appreciated. In Arizona, there's a group called Radical Women, which has been organizing a lot of protest marches. Um, you can find them on Instagram, and I think they're on Facebook as well. Uh, there's a number of local political organizations like Democratic Socialists of America, uh, that have been organizing protest marches. They see women's reproductive rights and empowerment as another of their objectives to achieving a far more equitable and fair society. Um, even groups like Industrial Workers of the World, which focuses on like labor unions for the most part, is deeply supportive of women's reproductive rights because it turns out that like people being controlled by their bosses is very similar to women being controlled by you know a patriarchal society. Uh, and so they see those things in alignment. Also, like women's workplace conditions are deeply intertwined with women's reproduction. And a lot of women suffer like impacts to their careers because they either choose to reproduce or not to reproduce. And so it's important that we make sure our laws are updated to reflect that. There's Arizona's for Reproductive Freedom, which is focused very deeply on ensuring access to abortion services. Um, I believe it's the Arizona Human Rights Campaign is focused on human rights of all kinds. 
um, women's reproductive rights, immigrants' rights, minority rights, um, indigenous Native American rights. And of course, they're taking the opportunity to highlight women's rights at this point while also pushing their other issues. And then there's a couple of local abortion funds in Arizona, which are all acting. I mention these groups because regardless of where you are in the United States, there's probably some very similar um, you know, spend some time on Facebook, spend some time on Instagram. Unfortunately, even though these groups probably hate both of those, those are the best opportunity to kind of reach people. So take a look at what's out there. One thing that I find very helpful is if you're on social media and you see someone who seems to be supportive of like issues that you care about, kind of look at their likes and their interests and the pages they've followed. And you can typically find some good links for information that you're going to be interested in. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Mm-hmm. <sighs> We've expressed this sentiment before, and I I think it's important to reiterate that there's a lot of groups currently working on local elections trying to get pro-choice candidates elected, and I feel that's probably a better use of people's time right now than national elections. That's not to say that national elections aren't important. It's to say that Democrats at a national level have kind of failed resoundingly to codify abortion rights over the past half century. And also, the way we have national elections set up is they're very, very, very gerrymandered. And so even if everyone who cared about abortion rights turns out to vote in this next election, which is not guaranteed, the likelihood that the Senate and the House will be won by people who may or may not do anything is still pretty low. So people who are talking about just needing to vote seem to fundamentally misunderstand like how difficult it is to vote, how many people have been thrown off of voter rolls, how many states have been divided carefully by mathematical formulas to make it nearly impossible for people to express their opinions. and have How many reflected. people can't vote because they are in prison or just out of prison for a drug offense? Right. So there, there's things like that which make national elections Unfortunately, not the highest priority in my mind. That said, there are something like 33 or 36 governor elections going on around the country this year. Um, You know, you have congressional, uh, you have House elections, Senate elections, you have your local government, you know, the Arizona House and Senate has a number of people running for open positions. Uh, You have city council races, too. Uh, your city could, you know, elect people who care deeply about the issues and will make your city a sanctuary city. That's that's totally possible. Look at the candidates in your area. Um, and then, of course, there's ballot measures all over the United States that are attempting to codify abortion rights into the laws of their state. And so there's a lot going on locally. Um, again, I would strongly suggest that people take a look at what's accessible, what's out there in their area. Um, it turns out, even if you live in a deeply conservative state, there's still going to be a lot of people who care about these issues in the same way that you do. Um, One thing that I find deeply depressing is when people talk about how, you know, all the people living in Texas who elected, like, Republicans deserve what they're going to get. And the reality is most Texan elections are, like, 46% to 54% in favor of, like, Democrats versus Republicans. So there's a lot of people turning out who are attempting to vote bad actors out of office and just they're not getting far enough. They don't have the ability, they don't have the momentum behind them, or they're just working in a very gerrymandered area. So this idea that, like, Texas deserves to be written off, Oklahoma deserves to be written off, Louisiana, New Orleans, um, New Orleans isn't a state, Louisiana, Alabama deserve to be written off is deeply cruel because there are tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of people fighting for their rights every day. Um, And I think we need to understand that when we talk about the national level abortion conversation, you shouldn't lose your rights just because you step five feet into another state, right? These people deserve their rights. They should not be held captive just because they exist in a certain 
loosely defined geographical entity, and uh, we need to definitely be pushing the envelope when it comes to ensuring equal access to all. See, I have an issue um, with the same sort of shaming that comes from the pro-choice or the side that is more liberal of this discussion, um, talking about, oh, well, Republican women will be getting what they they uh, wanted, and I hope they all die because of an, uh, oh, Jesus. a botched... Like, I have not seen that. A botched um, like pregnancy that they can't get access to an abortion for. And it's like, okay, I get what you're saying, and I get that you're mad, but from my point of view, this is a time where we come up with resources for all women to have access to things that are important. Um, you know, sexual education for everyone. Um, access to, you know, healthcare would be great. Universal healthcare. Um, you know, having childcare for women that have children, coming up with resources that would help and benefit everyone in this country. I do understand that there's obviously a large level of hatred that is surrounding this topic. And I don't mean to be this person, but I would also like to um, remind everyone that we are living in very divisive times and it's going to be even harder to do something about this issue if you are just spreading hate towards the other side. If you're angry, go out and do something about it. And I know it's hard to do something about it because there's a large level of police presence at protests. Um, there are issues where, you know, the, the, you can't vote every single day. Um, but I would say that living in such a divisive time and living in a time where, um, the pro-life movement is shoving it in your face, I understand. Um, but don't wish death on people. I think that's the my final my final. Oh, you can wish death on some people. Just don't wish death on you know large groups of people. You know, I'm not a big fan of Henry Kissinger. <laughs> I'm getting a, a big fancy dinner when when he inevitably melts into the waxy being he has become. There was a certain politician that when he passed away, Joel decided that he was going to buy champagne that day. Oh, it wasn't a. It wasn't a. It it was well, a. Well, let's move on. <laughs> it was a politician. <laughs> Yeah, uh, there's, there's one more figure. thing that is going to be important to consider moving forward. I'm already seeing these intellectual think pieces, which I say, and there's like 50 air quotes around all those words, where people are like, well, people no longer have the right to abortions in this country, so let's work with the pro-life movement in order to guarantee like maternity leave and early childhood no. education support and other basic things in order to allow people who've just had kids to like not go into poverty forever because of the choice of having kids or sorry the lack of choice of having kids I guess and the reality is yes this would be a great time to have those conversations about how messed up it is to have a child in America that's not to say we should just roll over and die on the issue of abortion there are plenty of people who still even if they had all the resources in the world would not want to have children and we should be supportive of that in the most extreme example there was that 10 year old and Indiana, yep. who just got pregnant and wasn't allowed under Indiana law to have a child, and the likelihood that pregnancy would have killed her is like 100%. We should not be encouraging 10-year-olds to have babies. 
that's my my line in the sand. I know it's kind of crazy, Naomi. A lot of people are going to you know write into the podcast about that. But even in a perfect world where everything is taken care of, pregnancy is extremely hard, both mentally and physically, on women's bodies. And the idea that people should just like roll over and play nice with their oppressor is really, really stupid. Because one, if they actually cared about pregnant women, they would have done all this stuff years ago. And two, they're only going to go further, right? This is the start of the stuff they want to do to groups they find undesirable. So like, if you can create coalitions that are pushing for this stuff, great. Don't sacrifice women's rights even further in order to get these policies pushed forward. And don't think that this is a substitute for equal access to reproductive justice for all. I'm not saying, and I would like to, I would like to go back to what I said. I'm not saying to try and be nice and work with the pro-life movement. What I'm trying to articulate is that people should take their hatred and their um, bad vibes and... Um, Put them towards good. I wasn't trying to call you out. No, I know. But I can s- call you out if you'd like. No, no, no. Please Way don't. to be blonde. I'm a little red now. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Okay, let's move on, Naomi. Do we want to talk about protests? I would like to talk about protests just because if you're going to a protest, allegedly, I would like to go over very quickly some suggestions that um, we have and that we've heard online. Let's talk quickly about why we keep saying allegedly. It is possible that your right to protest is going to be curtailed even further in the future. And so it's a really bad idea now to be putting up photos on social media and tagging yourself at certain locations when protests are occurring, because that could be used against you. Whether or not anything illegal happened They could still try to, police could still try to pair you with riots that allegedly occurred. They could try to pair you with damage that occurred. If anyone throws anything at the police, they could accuse you of doing that. This has happened before during the Portland protests. So the idea that you should be like openly promoting the fact that you are doing these things and out on certain days with certain groups is a really bad idea. Um, Don't publish your location leave your phones at home, don't have anything that can really tie you to yourself that's like a unique, one-of-a-kind object that only you would wear, make sure that your identity is anonymous. That's not to say you can't talk on social media about what these issues mean to you. It, it, It doesn't mean you can't, like, articulate and have, like, conversations with people about this stuff. It means don't put yourself in a position where you could be held criminally liable at some point in the future. So just some quick suggestions for protests if you are willing and able to um, participate. Um, Cover your hair. In Minecraft. In Minecraft, yes, in Minecraft. Cover your hair, especially um, if it's colored hair. Like if you have like bright green hair, cover your face. You can do that with a bandana or a mask. Um, Don't talk to the cops. So um, they did revoke your right to Miranda rights. So cops do not have, no, I'm expanding on that. Cops do not have to read you your Miranda rights now. So if they don't read you your Miranda rights, um, you can no longer sue them for um, and get your case thrown out. There are a lot of websites like I know the ACLU talks about this, um, how to properly talk to cops. They do like a very like uh, 
not interactive, but they have like just basic tips on how to talk to cops properly um, in order to not put yourself in a dig yourself a deeper hole. I'm going to put two links in the episode description. One is to a very quick lecture about why you don't want to talk to the police, which makes it clear, even in the best case scenario, even if you are completely innocent of any crime, even if the cops don't actually want to pursue you for criminal charges, it's still a really, really terrible idea to talk to the police. And then the other is the ACLU guide to what you can say to cops. Police are not your friends. Cover your tattoos. So even if it's like a very generic tattoo that everyone has, like a butterfly or a bug or a bee. Or Bowser from Super Mario Brothers exactly. on a surfboard wailing on a double neck guitar with a marijuana leaf and an American flag in the background and happy birthday, Rick, at the bottom. Cover the tattoos. Yeah. Um, no shirts that can be easily identified. So a lot of people have been wearing all black to protests. Turn them inside out if needed. I know a lot of people don't have plain black shirts. Don't take your phones with you. That doesn't mean bring your phone and leave it in your car. Because even means, when your phone is off, your SIM card can still be tracked. That means don't take your phone outside of your house. Park far away, but no, not so far that you can't retreat. So ensure, like, make sure that you're not you're parked closer to a large body of people where you can't necessarily be identified if you run into like a group. So keep in mind, it's very easy for the police to just roll through a parking lot. They have these license plate scanners, and what they can do is they can easily create a database of all the people who are consistently showing up to protests. So it's not always possible, but try to find a place that's more like public parking, like a restaurant or a convenience store nearby where you're rallying and park there, because it's far less likely the police are going to check for that. Don't go too far from the protest, because if, say, the police start firing tear gas at you, you probably want the ability to get the heck out of Dodge pretty quickly. Um, I would say no more than a half mile, preferably closer, but yeah. That's not always possible because allegedly there was helicopters at my Minecraft protest. <laughs> <laughs> um, so try not to sign petitions from people not affiliated with groups. Uh, l- let's be clear what we mean here. There are a lot of good petitions and rallies are a really good opportunity to get people who care about an issue to sign them. If someone random comes up and they don't appear to be affiliated with any group, don't sign their petition. Only sign petitions where there's like very clearly a well-known group that is signing for it. And the reason for that is, again, if the police want to figure out who's at a protest, it's very easy for them to just pass around a piece of paper and have you write down all of your personal information. Your name, your email address, your phone number, your address, right? it's really bad just handing all that information to them. So be cautious of who you're signing for. Uh, Worst case scenario, if you care about a petition, jot it down. Some states allow you to sign petitions online. Arizona is not one of them. So you can typically look up online where other people affiliated with the group are signing those petitions and go and sign it later. Don't feel you have to give away your personal information right now. Smart. Um, have a convening a convening point or like a meetup point if you're going with people. Find a bail fund number and have a list of numbers written on your arm or mem- like written on you somewhere or memorized. Especially if you don't have your phone with you, it's always a good idea to like have someone to call if you get arrested. Bring a mask, not only for COVID, but to cover your face. We kind of went over this. For Let's privacy. be clear, COVID is still a very real threat. There are new variants emerging. These variants are even more contagious than prior versions of COVID and affect people even who are fully vaccinated, right? It's important that you care about these issues. That's wonderful. 
Um, but I recall when there were BLM protests going on in 2020, there were thousands of people showing up fully masked in the horrible June, July heat, right? It's totally possible. Unfortunately, the reality is you can both care about social issues and keep yourself safe. Very true. So do this for privacy, but also possible tear gas. Bring goggles for tear gas and don't take pictures of yourself at the protest. There will probably be people taking photos. Um, There will usually be press or something. I find that the press are pretty good if they want to get close-up shots about asking for your permission for larger sort of group shots here in public so they can take photos, no real issues there. Um, But yeah, if you don't want to be photographed, unfortunately, there's not really a way to do that besides not showing up to protests. Yep. It will probably happen, just reduce the risk of being easily identified again. I I think we've said this before, we said this in our reaction to the leak, like, unfortunately, this is kind of like the bottom of a progressively worse tower of things that are going to occur. This is a really bad analogy. This is only the start of attempts to make people's lives more miserable in a variety of ways. Uh, the Supreme Court, you know, already hinted that they're not thinking that there's a right to gay marriage. Um, this could very easily mean there's no right to medical privacy if, you know, HIPAA exists, but also you can prevent people from having abortions and prosecute them if they did. Uh, they might be coming after interracial marriage. They might be pre- uh, going after adults' rights to, like, even having sex. Keep in mind, a lot of states still have sodomy laws on their books. I don't think it was legal until 2006 in the United States for people to have consenting anal sex in the United States, right? Like, it's absolutely crazy how close we are to the society of the past and the fact that state legislatures never bothered to go back through their laws and revise them, even as a lot of stuff that was on their books became illegal is indicative that it may be coming back. And it's all going to be tied to this idea that there's no, like, inherent right under the Constitution. There wasn't any sort of, like, establishing law in the Constitution that, like, authorized people's ability to, like, be trans or to, like, be in a gay relationship, which is an absolutely stupid legal argument, but they're going to use that same logic everywhere, right? Unless you think the Supreme Court justices are going somewhere, which they're not because it's a highly paid, powerful position, (laughs) where they get to influence laws on issues they care about. Yeah, this is just going to continue and get worse. And they've already hinted, oh, well, we've gone after environmental rights. We've gone after police rights. We've gone after, you know, reproductive rights. We've gone after Native American reservation rights, right? That was just this term. There's more in the foreseeable future. So again, this is an important issue, but keep in mind, this is only going to lead to more stuff. So you're probably going to be protesting and fighting a lot of bad stuff moving forward. So, Joel, would you like to talk about how this impacts dating? Ah, <sighs> no. <laughs> yeah, so, hey, we're a dating podcast before we started caring about all of these issues. No, we've always cared about all these issues. That's fair. I, I think we weren't as overtly political when we started because we were under the mistaken impression that moderate and conservative people still deserve to be able to date in peace. It, was, no, more, <laughs> it was more... Um, when we started fun and games and now it's more get your ass up and do something about it. We will still have Steve Harvey episodes. 
Naomi, I'm currently watching Think Like a Man. Oh, God. And oh, my God. It is incredible. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's worth talking about how this is going to impact dating because young people aren't dating as much as we've discussed numerous times. And I think this is only going to make the problem even worse. And state legislators are going to be like, why is it our birth rates going down in 18 years? Who's going to be feeding us hamburgers? And the answer is potentially nobody, because this is going to make a lot of people seriously reconsider whether or not they want to have kids, whether or not they want to settle down, whether or not they even want to date men. Um, And there's some evidence supporting this. But um, you know what? Let's just jump into it. So the first thing I want to talk about is an article from Insider in February 2020 uh, by Julia Naftolin where it says Americans increasingly see abortion views as non-negotiable in relationships, and the rise of dating apps may be responsible for that. So the American Enterprise Institute, a public policy think tank with conservative ties, surveyed people about their political and social beliefs. Researchers found that people increasingly consider the political beliefs of prospective partners. Differing views on abortion or on Donald Trump are non-negotiables in relationships they found. Women, in particular, felt more strongly than men about dating someone with the same abortion-related beliefs. Um, So conservatives were attempting to skew this as like, oh, the modern left is so, like, intolerant. Um, Hey, it's okay to be intolerant of intolerance, right? Like, if someone's like, hey, I'm a Nazi, I love doing Nazi stuff, you shouldn't be like, oh, that's really interesting. Tell me more about your Nazi beliefs. (laughs) Uh, You should probably punch them. All Nazis deserve to be punched. Punch them and then run away. No, punch them, wait till they cry, and then run away. Milkshake them, and then punch them. (laughs) So after surveying 2,629 people over the age of 18 who live in the United States, researchers found that abortion was the biggest relationship deal breaker, with one in four Americans, or 24% of those surveyed, saying that they would never date someone who has a different view of abortion than they do. Almost half, 44%, said it would be difficult to date someone with differing abortion views, though 32% said it wouldn't be that difficult. 29% of women who were surveyed said they could never date someone whose abortion views didn't match their own, while 20% of men surveyed said the same. Women who identified as Republicans, 38%, were more likely to say differing abortion views were deal-breaker, compared to women who identified as Democrats, 27%. So the researchers believe that dating apps and digital dating culture may have contributed to these politically charged deal-breakers, as singles have more power than ever to search for specific traits. So, you know, like OkCupid, if you're buying premium, you have the ability to filter. Really? Oh, yeah. If you pay for premium. It's kind of like when you're online shopping and you can be like, price low to high or like yeah i recall this look this could be a fever dream this may even still be something they do i think you can also search by like racial background of people oh which is really cool and not at all concerning thanks okay cupid we'll talk a little bit more about okay cupid in the few so yeah like people are pretty insistent on dating people with similar views because women it turns out like their reproductive rights to be fair the survey is also saying women who are very pro-life would only want to date people who are very pro-life the amount of women that i've heard about on social media that have been breaking up with their boyfriends because of differences of opinions Mm -hmm. is like so extremely high right now but I think it's great because it's like if you were in a situation if you're in a state not only if you're in a this is like worst case scenario if you're in a state where abortion is not fully legal even for medical um extremes and let's just say you get pregnant as a a person with a uterus and uh, you decide that um, this pregnancy is not good for yourself and it's not good for your body. Um, And the person that you're with is like, I'm so against abortions. Your life is on the line because of what your partner says. 
It's interesting you bring that up, Naomi, because we dance around saying this, but polling is a pretty clear message about who actually believes in the right to abortion. Okay. So 538, which is like a polling blog website, um, had an article on May 20th of 2022 saying the real dividing line on abortion by Meredith Conroy and Amelia Thompson DeVoe. I've consumed content from both of them before. They're both like very good writers and they have a podcast too. There are certain divides in the American electorate that we return to over and over again to explain why people think and vote the way they do, age, gender, race, education. But other hard-to-see divisions can be just as important, if not more. These hidden divisions aren't about vital statistics or affiliations. They're about how people see the world. Take the issue of abortion. Plenty of speculation is focused on how such a ruling would affect female voters, particularly if it could push more women to vote for Democrats in the year's midterms. But that framing isn't the only way to look at the issue. Even though abortion is often presented as a women's issue, it's not actually a topic with a stark division of opinion between men and women. If you dig into the polling and research, it becomes clear the divide is less about people's individual genders than the way they think about gender. People who believe in traditional gender roles and perceive that these roles are increasingly being blurred to men's disadvantage are much likelier to oppose abortion than people who don't hold these beliefs. The dividing lines of the abortion debate aren't just about the morality of terminating a pregnancy, they're also about views of power. Who has it, who doesn't, and who should. And the influence of those beliefs isn't limited to abortion, it also spills into other culture wars, particularly about whether men face discrimination. So they did, they looked at all the polling and they said men and women have like very similar views on abortion. And I know we just brought up that men and women differ slightly on like whether or not they considered a deal breaker. But when you actually ask people, do you think abortion should be allowed? It's nearly identical. So if you ask them, there are some cases where abortion should be legal, others where it should be illegal. Women will say 68%, men will say 74% in agreement. If you ask abortion should be legal in all cases, no exceptions, do you agree with that? 21% of women say that's the case. 17% of men say that's the case. Abortion should be legal in all cases, no exceptions. 9% of women say that. Men say 8%. So this was a Pew poll, um, and it did find that like more women than men said they thought a lot about abortion. But it also doesn't mean that women's views on abortion are uniform, because some of the most prominent anti-abortion advocates and politicians are women. One reason is that religion is a good predictor of views on abortion, and women tend to be more religious than men. Some people who oppose abortion also see it as a women's rights issue, but in a different sense of the term, they argue that abortion hurts women. So a co-founder, sorry, the nonpartisan research firm Perry Undim found that people who have different views about what's needed for gender equality tend to think pretty differently about abortion. And so in a survey, they found that 69% of voters who want the Supreme Court to overturn Roe agreed with the statement, these days society seems to punish men for acting like men. While a similar share of voters who supported Roe, 63% disagreed with that statement. So other questions that were asked in this survey, so... They looked at whether or not people thought that abortion should be legal or illegal in most cases, right? And then they ask people if they agree with these statements. So do you agree that women are too easily offended? For those who thought that abortion should be legal, 38% said that women are too easily offended. For those who thought abortion should be illegal in most cases, 77% said that women are too easily offended. So then they asked, do you think men generally make better political leaders than women? 24% of people who thought abortion should be legal in most cases thought that men make better political leaders. 54% of people who thought it should be illegal in most cases thought men make better political leaders. If you ask, do you think that access to birth control affects women's equality? 74% of people who thought that it should be legal in most cases uh, agreed with that. 
and 21%, sorry, 27% of people who thought that um, abortion should be illegal in most cases felt that access to birth control affects women's equality. And then if you ask whether or not you're favorable towards the Me Too movement, 71% of people who thought abortion should be legal in most cases agreed. They said, I'm, if I'm favorable towards the Me Too movement. Only 23% of people who thought abortion should be illegal in most cases were favorable towards the Me Too movement. That's disgusting. So the point this article is trying to make, which I think is pretty well supported, is if you are supportive of abortion, you're generally more supportive of women's rights and women's options to choose different gender roles. If you are opposed to abortion, you're probably also opposed to a lot of women's rights. You might think they've gone too far, and you may be more supportive of traditional gender roles. And women in the modern era, at least I think a lot of people we hang out with tend to want autonomy and the ability to make choices for themselves and non-traditional family arrangements. And so that's going to have a very big impact on dating moving forward because people who are like, hi, I'm looking to date somebody who respects me as a human being might find it very difficult to date somebody who both doesn't respect them as a human being and doesn't believe they should have a right to abortion. See, I need to touch on this really quickly because I've been seeing a lot, like an influx of men that are complaining about women that are like um, commenting on their hinge or their bumble about how they won't, the men won't date like liberal women. Like they'll literally put it in their profile, like won't date those leftists, won't date those liberals. Um, And they'll get on TikTok and they'll be like, look at what this woman said to me. Um, She's so rude. She doesn't want to date a conservative. And it's like, bro, if you're willing to put like her right to like have bodily autonomy on the line, no woman wants to date you if she's in favor of bodily autonomy. Like, because that can like affect so many things. Like if you don't think she has a right to your uterus or there's a there's a part of me that's going to be like, are you going to rape her? Like what? Mm. Like, what? Do you, where's the line? Where are you going to draw it? I want to pile on that because we talked about this a little bit at the beginning of the year, but Mashable had an article that delved into dating changing in a variety of ways in 2022. One of the things they talk about in this article was December 24th of 2021. says dating is about to see a historic shift. One of the things they talk about is daters are looking for their person. So during the pandemic, we sort of said COVID has split people into two groups. One group wants to have sex with as many people as possible and like have as many experiences and really expand their worldview because they were tired of being cooped up for so long. And the other group is tired of like constantly pursuing like casual flings and is now looking for a long-term partner to settle down with. And so if that's the case, if a significant portion of people are looking for like a long-term relationship, that means they're probably looking for people who share their values yeah. and they're less likely to put up with someone who might be great in bed, but like also doesn't respect them as a human being. Well, also there's a large portion of people that are like, oh, well, um, my right, my, my rights to my body is more important than great sex. Yeah. And more people, more singles want a lifetime partner that's emotionally mature than someone who's physically attractive. So they're not just looking for someone who's hot and, again, a good lay that they yeah. can put on their arm as high candy. They're looking for someone who, again, shares their values. Did you say like high candy? High candy. Oh. Yeah. Other trends that are happening in 2022, self-care is really important. A lot of people are talking more about mental health and their desire to yeah. go to therapy, and that scene is very attractive. So people who make your life miserable might not be something you want to spend a lot of time with. Very fair. Um, and then another thing that we talked about in that COVID episode was the rise of virtual dating. Yeah. So people who are having like 
uh, video chats before they even went on a single date. Yeah. So that's becoming a lot more popular, and VR dating is coming soon. I disagree that VR dating is coming soon. Not enough people have access to VR technology, and it's just really awkward and clunky. I would but, say that, but it's also like, I don't like that. Like, <laughs> that I just wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. I'm going to show up in that. What's, what's that Philadelphia mascot who's all orange and looks kind of like a Sesame Street character? Gritty? What? Okay, I'm, I'm going to go as a sports mascot Okay. all my virtual dates. You know how the Japanese have, like, a mascot for all their small towns? Gritty. I'm looking this up right now. Oh my god! Okay, he's the mascot for the Philadelphia Flyers national hockey. Oh, that's of course why you knew about it because it's hockey, and your best friend is a hockey maniac. I wouldn't go that far, but <laughs> let, let, let's keep rolling, Naomi. So we have a couple things. We think that in terms of changes to dating, there's probably going to be a lot less casual sex being offered by women, both because of the very high risk of pregnancy. You've described the difficulty of getting like casual sex partners to put on condoms. Do you think that? Um, there's going to be an influx of like fake pro-choice men just trying to get into bed with women. 100%. Can we hold off on that? For oh, just yeah, a yeah. Sorry, sorry. Didn't yeah. To... I think a lot of dating apps are going to have more options to display support of like reproductive access and rights. Uh, OkCupid introduced badges, I think, two years ago to correspond with Black Lives Matter protests. And yeah. There's like climate change stuff uh, you can add. You can really filter by, you know, who shares your values. But to that point, there's nothing stopping somebody who doesn't believe that from putting it on your profile. I think a lot of people who feel strongly and don't support those movements are going to find it stupid, but someone who just wants to have sex is probably going to do whatever they can to lie. Yeah. Right? It's like when Tinder was first introduced and it's like, oh, you swipe left or right in order to like choose people and people would just swipe on every single person and improve their odds. I know people still to this day that do that. I thought they limited it. You could only do that like 20 times a day or I'm something. Not, I've never been on Tinder. I've been on okay. Tinder for a total of like five minutes of my life. Yeah, so it's cool that groups like the Match Group, which owns like every dating app, I think they own uh, Match.com, Tinder, MeTik, OkCupid, Hinge, Plenty of Fish, Ship, and Our Time. That's it's cool lot. that they're supportive of this stuff. They've donated some money to pro-choice causes. Uh, every time a user adds a pro-choice badge, they're going to be donating a dollar to Planned Parenthood. But keep in mind, they also don't really care. They're just doing this because it's really good PR. Yep. They're also giving a huge amount of money to the Republican Attorney Generals Association in the United States, which is supporting Republican attorney generals who are generally pro-business, pro-low taxes, pro-less prosecution for business choices, and holding people accountable for bad, like, options. Keep in mind, a lot of these dating apps have uh, done a really bad job in the past of keeping sex offenders off. And so they probably want to support people who can legally back them if people sue them for putting them in a position where they have to interact constantly with sex offenders. I have this crazy idea, but if you're going to allegedly go to a protest, that would be a great place to meet people that have similar views to you if you find that important. Uh, I want to push back on that. Okay. Um, don't go to protest to meet people. If no, you happen I'm not to meet saying people, meet great. people like for 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 the the sex or anything. I'm saying like that would be a great introduction to like your friends that could later turn into something more. What I'm saying is like there hasn't been great yeah. opportunities for since 2020 for like big groups or like you know what I mean. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Friends aren't getting together as often and like. Your parents aren't setting you up with random people anymore. You know what I mean? Because of COVID. Right. So, because our parents do that all the time, obviously. But what I'm trying to say is, like, that would be a great place to meet people, whether that be a friendship level or 
a level of more intimacy. Yes. Tell me your tell me your my concern is I, I don't disagree. If you're looking for people to share your values and you spend a significant portion of time with people who seem to care about an issue, that's great. However, hitting on people who are involved in these groups may discourage them from continuing to show up and be active. Because oh no, there's a creepy person who won't stop bothering me. Very Obviously, fair. like you could there's ways to do it that make it less weird, but like that's don't a just serious go into concern. The uh, but then the other thing is, I can definitely imagine a bunch of like horny MAGA guys being like, "Oh, we want to pick up all the the leftist chicks. Let's go to a protest and be like, babies should die." And I don't know, they'll probably be better at it than this. But yeah, it's gonna be very easy for them to make spaces uncomfortable and make people miserable by using it as an opportunity to date people. I'm just gonna say, I don't think that MAGA people are that smart, and they would go to that extreme of doing that and thinking of that plot. Possible. Certainly possible. Other things that are probably going to be impacted by dating. Um, I don't think a lot of people are going to be having sex the first couple of dates, um, especially because a lot of the first couple of dates are going to be like chatting virtually. Uh, but even then, I think a lot of people are going to be deeply uncomfortable uh, smushing jennies together with individuals. <laughs> you got to stop saying that. Uh, having sex without like complete comprehensive knowledge of their sexual protection levels yes. and their sexual history. I imagine testing might become a little more popular. Yes. Asking for proof of testing. Because if you've received an STI test at any point, you're you're light years ahead of people who don't care about like their reproductive health. Um, it's a pretty good indicator. You probably are a little more concerned about like practicing safe sex. I don't think friends for benefits arrangements are going to last too long. Friends with benefits. What did I say? Friends for benefits. Robert Pattinson <laughs> was Bradley Cooper's father. No, no, who was it? Uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> was uh, Bradley Cooper's father. I like Lightning's Robert playbook. Pattinson more. <laughs> yeah. And then I'm wondering if men with vasectomies might have preferential treatment on dating apps. So, but then how do you prove that? Uh, there should be paperwork. I'm not saying it can't be falsified. Yeah. I'm just saying if you say you have a vasectomy, people be might falsified. be more likely. So Pew did some research in November of 2021 looking at childless adults and people's perspectives on whether or not they think they're going to have children. They found that 44% of non-parents age 18 to 49 say it's not too or not at all likely that they will have children someday. 44% of people 18 to 49 who don't already have kids said it is not at all likely that they will have children someday. An increase of seven percentage points from 37% who said the same in a 2018 survey. So in three years, there was a 7% increase in the people who said they're not interested in having kids. And this is before the Roe versus Wade decision. Meanwhile, 74% of adults younger than, 40, younger than 50 who are already parents say they're unlikely to have more kids, which is virtually unchanged since 2018. Among parents and non-parents alike, men and women are equally likely to say they will probably not have kids or more kids in the future. Perhaps not surprisingly, adults in their 40s are far more likely than younger ones to say they're unlikely to have children or to have more children in the future. Some 85% of non-parents, 40 to 49, say this compared to 37% of those younger than 40. And while 91% of older parents say they probably won't have more kids, 60% of younger parents say the same. So a lot of adults don't want to have kids. And there's a variety of reasons for this that we've discussed. The Pew survey found that 2 in 10, 19%, say it's due to medical reasons, 17% say it's due to financial reasons, and 15% say it's because they do not have a partner. 1 in 10 say their age or their partner's age is a reason, that's 10%, or the state of the world, 9%, is a reason they don't plan to have kids. 
5% cite environmental reasons, including climate change, and 2% say the partner doesn't want children. So yeah, people are going to be having a lot less kids. And if you're having less kids, there's no reason to date somebody who has full reproductive potential. Do you remember that show that we like talked about? It was that reality TV show of where they like switched partners for like six weeks or something. And um, one of the people that started in the show was like, oh, I don't want to have kids um, and that's why I don't see a future. Like, that's why he gave me the ultimate. It was called the ultimatum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, then by the end of the show, there's like a reunion. And she's like, oh, we compromise. We're just going to have one kid. And I was like, what the fuck? That's not a compromise. Someone got bullied into that decision. Yeah. I think that there's going to be a lot more grilling of potential partners yeah. by both men and women before they get into a relationship. Again, if people are looking for like long-term stuff, not short-term flings, they're going to be a lot more interested in like people's beliefs. Uh, one thing that I found um, kind of helpful in like kind of understanding Lauren better, and I think she's found the same for me, is there's a lot of card games now that are like questions you can ask your partner. Uh, one is awkward questions. And it has a bunch of questions. You can either do this in this like a group activity, like a drinking game, or like just with your partner hanging out. You could do a drinking game just with your partner. This is true. (laughs) You could get drunk with your partner. What fun. Uh, But yeah, like there's lots of opportunities to like explore their worldview and psyche. And it turns out when you're randomly drawing cards and putting them on the spot, it's a little harder for them to lie about what they believe, (laughs) if that's important to you. And then to an issue, Naomi, you were talking about about 10 minutes ago. I think that conservative and moderate people are going to have difficulty dating liberal women. Um, I think there's plenty of women who identify as conservative, but a lot of them are going to have trouble trying to convince women that they're going to treat them as a human being while also pushing their belief system, which actively rejects women's autonomy in a lot of instances. So I'm going to, kind of skip this article I put in here. Um, th- there were issues noted in 2021 where people in the Trump White House had been complaining. Oh, sorry, this was 2017. A Federalist piece noted that a bunch of Trump White House staffers were having difficulty dating in Washington because no one respected them. And if you say you're a Trump White House staffer, there's going to be a lot of questions about like your belief system and Hey, sometimes you just got to get in where the getting's good. Yeah, but then there's other articles which are talking about the importance of the redistribution of sex because conservative men are having such difficulty dating online. There are New York Times editorials talking about how, like, conservatives have difficulty dating and that's a form of discrimination, so we need to, like, legalize prostitution and push sex robots or, like, mandate people getting together and like reproducing. I've seen articles arguing for like a no children tax being like, if you don't have kids, you're not reproducing and helping society. So you should be taxed for that privilege. I would happily pay that tax. Don't, don't give them ideas, Naomi. (laughs) But the idea here is people who identify as conservative are having issues dating. And so they're coming up with all these like intellectual defenses of both why it's like, racist to not date people with different beliefs than you have and also how do we force people to get together with us so that's like kind of weird and gross but it will probably continue especially as the population rate continues to decline and more and more people will choose voluntarily to be sterilized because it's difficult to have children in society where the society doesn't want to help you and people think of you as just a breeding cow 
Um, I can understand people's desire to have complete control over what they do. And if that happens to be snip snipping, I think that might be an option people want. Naomi, anything else to add? Any other trends you think? Um, I would like to say mention like going back to the first topic that we talked about was just like some basic tips that we have for um, women that, um, you know, or, or just people with uteruses. I shouldn't just say women. Um, moving forward, I would say that if you have the option, if you do have like a primary care OBGYN, um, go and discuss with them if you're interested in this, um, if they're able and willing to um, maybe sterilize you, tie your tubes. Um, I know that not every single OBGYN is open to that idea. Um, so maybe open up the conversation and if they aren't and you're offended by that, go find a new one. There's a a website that you can go online and find OBGYNs in your area that are willing to, um, sterilize you with, um, no questions about it. So, uh, well, th- usually they will be like, why do you want to get sterilized? Cause I want to, Oh, okay. No, but no questions yeah, yeah. being like, do you have two kids? They're not going to be dicks. About it. They're not going to be you- like your husband needs to sign. Yeah, it. exactly. Even if you're a lesbian. So, um, yeah. Uh, that's something that, um, maybe you want to discuss with your OBGYN. Um, we'll or, put a link in the episode. Description. Yes, we will. So that is all I have to say on that. Be careful. Protect yourself. Um, Yeah, I don't know what else to say. This is very unprecedented times. I hate living through unprecedented times. I'm over it. Um, (laughs) Every day is a new unprecedented. No, for real. Yeah, it's very tiring. I actually was speaking with um, a family member of ours, which I won't name any names because for privacy reasons. Um, And he was like, uh, we were discussing like me graduating college and he was like, wow, your life kind of sucked. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck is that supposed to mean? He's like, well, you were born into a war and then you decide, then you went to college and there was COVID and then, um, you're graduating college into a recession and all these, uh, like you're not gonna be able to have kids because of climate change and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, thanks for making me so depressed. Like I knew about all these things, but I didn't put them all together, but thank mm-hmm. you so much for doing this. Naomi, can I share something with you that won't make you depressed? Of course. Are we good on dating? Yeah. Well, then Naomi. P is for pals who do stuff together. U is from you and me. N is for anywhere and anytime at all right here in our recording studio. Welcome back, everyone, to a very special episode of Pundamental Romance, the only pun-based podcast game show. Oh, God. As everyone knows, the rules are simple. I'm going to read off a description of a made-up movie, which is a mashup of two pieces of romantic media. And Naomi has to guess the pun name of that fake movie. Oh, God. So I'm going to give you an example. This okay. is a new game I've come up with okay. because we definitely need more podcast game shows okay. to brighten up our deeply depressing topics. Yep. So if I asked you the name of a film where a successful hitman, Barry Berkman, moves to Los Angeles, falls in love with an actress named Sally, and finds himself questioning if men and women can just be friends, the answer would be when Barry met Sally. Uh, that's HBO's Barry the TV show. 
uh, meets Harry Met Sally. I feel like this is going to be an issue because I haven't watched all the shows that you've watched. That's totally so fair. We're just going to walk through this. I thought when you said, do you want to move on from depressing topics? You were going to tell me like a cute panda fact or like, oh, there was a there was a new otter that was born at the San Diego Zoo today. Okay, look, these are all fairly simple. I think okay. these are all okay. pieces of media you've seen. I had some far more complicated puns that we're not going to subject you to. I'll save those for like guest episodes. Okay, got it, got it, got it. Okay, here's a description. I'm going to need the name of this mashup movie, Naomi. Okay. Andy Anderson is a writer for a women's magazine, Composure, as a how-to subject matter expert. After Andy's best friend Michelle experiences yet another breakup, Andy is inspired to write a new article about how easy it is to break up with men. Meanwhile, an intrepid boy reporter is investigating reports of diamond smuggling at Composure Media and realizes he needs to use his wit and charm to seduce one of the writers and gain access to an upcoming diamond ball taking place in 10 days. With the help of his adorable dog, Snowy, he manages to win over Andy's heart, but now must struggle to put up with her comic hijinks and abusive behavior and not break up with her as the ball gets closer. Will he be able to make it? Find out this summer in... What's the second piece of media called you have to guess that no i know but i can't guess it and then put it together into a pun this that's is so the, that's the steps. game naomi <laughs> okay so it's intrepid how boy reporter with his dog snowy i don't know oh you, this is you're gonna be so bad at this <laughs> yes naomi the answer to this is how to lose a guy in 10 10 days i <laughs> <laughs> since I was 10. That's all we read. Okay, you might get this one. This film follows four storylines of women who are fed up with the behavior of their billionaire bachelor boyfriend and want to shake things up. Vicki Vale, Kathy Kane, Silver St. Cloud, and Julie Madison all use lessons they found from Steve Harvey's New York Times bestselling book to turn the tables on their flaky, excuse-filled playboy lover, but quickly find that things backfire when he discovers what they're doing and uses that to his advantage. This summer, Warner Brothers and Steve Harvey Productions, Inc. presents. Okay, so I know the first one, but the second one you didn't give a lot of clues. I gave plenty of clues. No, you didn't. Oh, she's, oh, listeners, this is, <laughs> Naomi's going to go 0 for 4 on this. Yes. Um, Billionaire, playboy, bachelor lover, strategic. I'm trying to think of, like, all of the movies that I've ever seen. This summer, Warner Brothers and Steve Harvey Productions, Inc. presents Think Like a Batman. Think Like a Batman. <laughs> all four of those were Batman's girlfriend. That's literally, like, so generic, though, the way that you were, like, billionaire. Bat- no, you didn't say Batman. Okay. This film... A 2022 adaptation of a 1999 musical based on the hit songs of ABBA follows a young bride-to-be who invites three men to her upcoming wedding with the possibility that any of them could be her father. At the end of the film, it is revealed her father is the character Randy, a motivational speaker played by Owen Wilson, who likely impregnated her mother when he was crashing on her couch and disrupting her marriage in 2006. What is the name of the film, Naomi? I need to know this because it's going to be really, really awful. Hold on. I'm going to cheat a little. Oh, no. Listener, she is Googling potential answers. You, me, and Mamma Mia. <laughs> I, I'll accept that. I was looking for Mamma Mia and Dupree. Ah, one last one. You will definitely not get this I've one. never seen Yumi and Dupree 
obviously, I'm going to have to turn the tables on you and do the exact same thing. And Probably. do, like, all new media that you've never heard yes. of before. Like, it'll be, like, Hannah Montana and, like... Oh, wait, you watched... Sweet- well, Naomi, you you've Sweet- got one out of three. Do you want to okay. make this two out of four? Okay. Okay. This last one is a film starring Rowan Atkinson, reprising one of his most famous roles as a comedic buffoon who often goes to extreme lengths to accomplish everyday tasks. In this rendition, he plays a former political consultant who tries to help his 10-year-old daughter understand his impending divorce by telling her the story of his past romantic relationships and how he ended up marrying her mother. Of course, given the peculiarities of his character, Rowan Atkinson does so entirely in grunts, shrugs, and one-line sentences to hilarious results. I have no idea. I haven't seen any of these movies. Naomi, this film is definitely Maybean. Mr. Bean and definitely Maybean. <laughs> definitely Maybean. <laughs> Mama Me and Dupree, definitely Maybean. Think Like a Batman and How to Lose a Guy in 1010 Days. Those were the answers for the first round ever of Pundamental Never doing romance. that again. Ah, <laughs> uh, are we in a better mood? Can we wrap this one up? Yes. Um, listeners, we hope you have a great week. You know, given the circumstances. Given the circumstances. Um, stay safe out there. Um, fight Keep in for mind, rights. we have a Patreon. We have special content you get to view, listen to early up on that Patreon. And a couple of other perks, which you can see by going on to patreon.com. I will know and date these guys. Uh, also, for the immediate future, all of the money we're making from Patreon is going straight to abortion funds like Planned Parenthood. Um, there are others, but Planned Parenthood's a big one that we've supported in the past. That everyone so knows the name So you of. can donate guilt-free. Your money's going to a good cause and not us buying microphones and other equipment to produce our podcast. Uh, despite your feelings on that, we're trying to do a good thing and we would appreciate your support. It makes us feel really good when people want to financially support us and in turn we can give back to the community. Uh, so yeah, please check it out. We promise to continue to put up some fun stuff on there. We've done movie reviews in the past. Eventually it all makes it to our normal media feed, but uh, we have exclusive access there and then some perks like holiday cards, which, you know, the holidays are coming up soon, Naomi. No, they aren't. Faster it's than July. you think. It's We're halfway July. through the year, Naomi. We're more than halfway through the year, Joel. No joke, Naomi. I started working on my last holiday card in August of last year, so a lot of planning goes into it. Anyways, uh, we hope everyone has a great week. Um, Stay safe, stay hydrated, stay cool. And think like a Batman. Think like a Batman. Bye. Thanks for the use of our theme music, which is the song Drop by Ketza. You can find more of their music online at ketza.uk. You can also find Date These Guys online on Twitter and Instagram at datetheseguys or visit datetheseguys.org. If you have questions for the podcast or want to be a wealthy sugar parent, send an email to datetheseguys at gmail.com. If you're looking to make an impact in the world, this show strongly recommends Planned Parenthood, a nonprofit organization that provides reproductive health care in the United States. 
Planned Parenthood provides birth control, long-acting reversible contraceptive implants, clinical breast examinations, pregnancy screenings, prenatal care, testing and treatment for sexually transmitted infections, and abortions. They also do great work for those who are lower income. Four-fifths of their clients are at or below 50% of the federal poverty line. Both Joel and Naomi are monthly donors to Planned Parenthood. We hope you will be too.